This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, it's Kyle. Uh, I want to welcome you back to another episode of Pivotal Conversations. Um, We enter this week with some good news. Um, It seems as though gyms are opening up all around the world, um, which is is very good for us in the fitness industry. Um, I think, I know myself, I've been looking forward to kind of really... um, really diving back in and, and getting some really good workouts and, and just a change of environment. Um, you know, the home workouts were good, but they're not really doing it for me um, at the moment. But, um, you know, we're getting them done anyway. But really looking forward to gyms. But I think it also means, you know, it, it's a light at the end of the tunnel um, and, and hopefully everything goes smoothly. But it's, you know, it's a light at the end of the tunnel for for business owners as well. And uh, that that's what I'm most excited about. I'm excited to see what happens beyond the uh this whole scenario and 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 you know because i think it's going to project some of the some of the people in the industry that are willing to do what it takes to to um to new heights uh, and and also new ideas and innovations going to really going to come from this so it's a super exciting time um and and we have a super super exciting episode for you guys um myself and uh co-host Reese Livingston dive deep into what we believe the future of the fitness industry um, is going to hold for everyone and um, we, we really have an open conversation about it. Um, it it's it's a conversation I get pretty worked up. Um, you can kind of and, and really we just we just let it out you know we let it all out. It's a little bit of a rant half rant half conversation um, just about the future of the fitness industry you know touching base on some of the hard truths Um especially about kind of moving online and, and, you know, I know that's what a lot of people have tried to pivot, um, pivoted and, and actually um, create, but, you know, there's there's a few hard truths in there for a lot of people, um, including, um, you know, including ourselves and, and some of the changes that we had to make. So, um, and, you know, we also kind of talk about um, how COVID's just simply accelerated um, where the fitness industry was heading. Um, and you know, we also talk about some of the hard truths that, um, come when you don't track business metrics. Um, you know, I, I saying, I actually saying here is that it's like playing darts with a blindfold on, you know, you're, you're only hoping that you get a bullseye. Um, but even if you do, you're not sure how, um, and if you don't, you're not sure how either, or you're not sure how to optimize. Um, so they're just some of the topics that we cover. Um, we really dive deep into what we believe the fitness industry is going to hold for everyone in the future um it's just an open conversation um but as always guys if you enjoy the episode um make sure you hit subscribe so that you can continue to hear more episodes we have some really cool guests coming up um in the next coming weeks we have real crozier coming on the podcast um and you know we're just going to keep keep bringing the industry's best um to to this podcast so that we can deliver high-end information that helps you become better business owners and better people um and you know if this episode is something that you enjoy um you know give it a share 
give it a screenshot, post it on Instagram, support us in any way that you can so we can keep getting um, the best guests um, and, and having really, really amazing um, and pivotal conversations. Um, and also, if, if you haven't yet, go over and check out our new um, free resources page. We have... Um, a ton on there at the moment. Um, we've got some recent webinars that we've done with Jordan Shallow. Um, we have our Profit First um, budgeting system that you can download, and um, it's got it's got a lot of instructions in there, and it explain the system to you. Um, and there's there's just a heap on there, guys. So go over and check that out at elitevitalitymastery.net. Um, you'll be able to check the free resources tab and download them all if you like. Um, and, you know, implement them into your business straight away. Uh, as always, guys, I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. Um, would love feedback, and we'll see you on the other side. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what actually plays out moving forward. Um, and what we were just talking about was, um, you know, just future business ideas and, and kind of we we're just riffing on this, and we thought we may as well start the recording now because this is this is really what we, we had planned to talk about today and, when I say planned, I mean, said, Hey, let's talk about this. We didn't really put much planning into it. Um, I just don't, uh, you know, we, we like to kind of let it roll. We, we actually been putting this off for a little bit because both times we tried to come in with this big whopping plan and it just didn't feel right. So <laughs> we've, um, you know, we're just going to, we're going to let it roll. Our best magic comes from when we're just kind of going off the fly. So every time we've tried to plan, it's gone talking terribly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just think it's going to be really interesting to see what plays out moving forward. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's interesting that some of the stuff that you said previously, where there's been some, you know, some trainers questioning whether or not it's, it's the right thing to actually go back to their business. Um, you know, working out of a big box gym, um, you know, with no clientele, having to go through the whole process of building back up again. And I think that's going to be something that literally plays on the minds of, of, um, of, of many small business owners going forward. You know, I think unless you're, you know, you're, you've, you've got a kind of a real kind of, you know, whether you're a, a gym owner or, or, you know, something that's holding you to um, staying there, you know, something, you know, where you might lose a lot of money. I think that the thing that we're going to see in the future is, it's just going to be that simple thing where I think that the industry is going to be cut in half with the amount of people that work is, is working in it. I think cause, cause there's going to be people that have built up a business and, and, you know, failed to pivot and adapt through this period. And all of a sudden, you know, they have to go back to a gym and, and, you know, if you're starting at anywhere close to zero, that's a daunting task for anybody, especially if, um, it's taken you a year or two to get to that, the stage that you were at pre before, you know, before COVID actually hit. It's, un it's unfortunate, man. Cause like I, I know a few trainers that work in the industry that um, have pretty much taken the complacency role in all of this. And they've just said, well, I'm going to just wait for gyms to go back to normal. I won't really service my clients in this time. There's not much I can give them. Um, when you know, we've already spoken about how much clients need their trainers at the moment, but besides the point, there's been a lot of people that have just kind of thrown their arms up in the air and said, well, I'll deal with this when we get back. And they're walking back into a business, as you say, it's going to be close to zero, if not zero. And unfortunately the, um, I think a lot of people just won't be willing to put the work in to build that back up. Like I had a conversation, uh, a week or so ago with a trainer I'm like quite close with. And he'd said that, you know, oh, how long do you think it could take to 
to build up to a point where I could be online. I said, well, how much work do you want to do? Like it could take you three yeah. months. It could take you three years. Depends how, how hard you want to work and what you want to do. And realistically, I feel like the industry is going to come back. And those that have pivoted, I'm going to be in a really strong position because they're going to come back. They're going to be willing to do the work and they're going to be able to actually get the clients, but their, uh, their competition, so to speak, is going to be cut in half because there's going to be so many trainers that just pull the pin and go, nah, too hard. Put that away. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that I, I've been, what's been playing on my mind is just that there's a, there seems to be a confusion because of, uh, you know, we've talked about this before instant gratification and there seems to be some confusion between what, what people want to achieve and, and what it actually takes and how much you actually have to sacrifice to achieve it. You know, I think that social media puts, uh, causes this problem, right? Because everybody's posting how successful they are when really it's like, you don't know whether or not this person's fucking lying to your face. Like you just have no idea. You don't know if this person's like fucking actually got successful. You don't, you, you got no idea except the, the, the problem is, is because of the addictive nature of social media, you know, we automatically place, um, you know, followers with success and and especially if this person's just putting out constant um, posts about how successful they are then it's like you know you can get attached to this as an individual and i think what this this is causing us in the industry is that there's a confusion between what actually is a successful business and the perception of something that is successful like you know i I just think that and, and what it does is it actually makes the the people who um, uh, you know, starting out in the industry or, or the people that don't um, have the, the, the business that they want, it actually, cha- it, it's, it's causing them to um, think that it's actually easier than what it is. And that this, this thing where it's like, you know, you can have anything you want in life. And it's like, yeah, that's true. You can have anything you want in life. If you're willing to sacrifice and put in the fucking work, like, it's like, you can't just have everything you want in life. It's like, it's, you know, it's not like a fucking cake that's sitting in the fridge where you can just walk up, open the door and eat the fucking cake. Like, you know, the, the, the problem is, is that social media paints the picture that the business is as simple as fucking getting a cake out of the fridge. It's, it's really not like well, it's, the, the, it's the, definitely, the, man. It's, you've got to, in this point, man, you, this position of quarantine, COVID-19, all the, all of this that's happened, like the people that have pivoted, they've, they've got a black belt in fucking resilience. Now they can, they can go through this shit and they can get it and they can actually go and take, they can take the cake, but you don't have that black belt. You ain't getting shit. Like I, I even, I would even go further than that, man. And I would actually start to look, and I would say that the black belt in resilience came before COVID. Like because yeah. for me, what this has done, it's only amplified and accelerated everything. Like you know, what was going to take two years probably took fucking two months now. You know, and I'm talking everything. I'm talking the you know, like. Uh, the thing, like we're going to talk about leverage moving forward because I think that's for me the the concept that everybody needs to understand for the future of fitness business. So I'm not going to dive too much into that now, but I think what it's done is like everybody who would have left the industry in two years because you know things weren't working out or they weren't willing to sacrifice, that's just being fucking accelerated to right now, um, and it's amplified. You know, because because the thing is, is that the people that got through this are the people that were previously practicing the successful found the, the foundations or they were they had the foundation set in their business like they they placed emphasis on cash flow they you know they they actually took their branding seriously they actually wanted to grow their business they weren't just kind of hoping for a savior you know um 
it's, it's interesting. I'm rereading um, the cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. You know, I read it maybe a couple of years ago and I'm reading it now. And, and, and a lot of the stuff that he talks about is that I, I feel like the industry at the moment is filled with people who seek security. So they came into the industry because they just want to have a job um, as a personal trainer. Now we know that 90% of the fucking job, the, the uh, opportunities in the industry, are be, uh, you got to own a business, right? And, and people are owning businesses, with, with the, the psychological higher emotional needs of security. They, they're seeking security while owning a business. And we know that that's just a messed up, that's so fucking messed up. Like it's like business is about taking calculated risks and making mistakes. Except what we see is, is we see people too scared to make mistakes and seeking security. And it's that seeking of security that actually is the number one reason that they never actually end up having the business growth or financial freedom right because they see they, they never act, they can never make decisions in alignment with what they they want so they're business owners who want to grow their business but always fall back on um, being secure and and what that means is is that that there's two sides to that there's the financial side right so they're, they're never actually willing to take the financial risks that come with needing to grow a business like investing you know money into media um, coaching, um, you know, softwares, um, all of these different things that again, create leverage. Um, and then there's the other side where, um, you know, what they're, what they're facing is that they can't sacrifice what they need to sacrifice. They're not willing to put in the work. They're not willing to put in the time, right. Purely because of that skewed belief system, right. That what, like what we talked about before, where it's like what they're, what they think a business you know, growing a business takes isn't actually in alignment with what they, what, with what they're willing to do. Right. So they, yeah. they think that it takes, they think that, you know, okay, guess what? Business isn't that hard, man. Like everybody's on Instagram posting this, everybody's on Instagram having success. So that means I can do it too. But the problem is, is that, um, First of all, Instagram isn't a good measuring stick for successful business, but it seems to be what everyone places emphasis on because everybody's chasing recognition instead of actually a successful business. You know, some of the most successful businessmen I, I know, you don't, nobody's ever heard of, right? Like that's the truth. Like, you know, there's a whole nother industry. And, and if you look into other industries, a lot of the, the best and most um, successful business owners they don't have Instagram. <laughs> like they don't give a fuck about Instagram. Now we're in a different age now. And especially without, with where, you know, like, um, especially within the, um, the younger generation, right. Where it's, this is, seems to be the obsession, but there's, you know, the, what you have to sacrifice to have success in business is not what most are willing to do. Most want to, you know, when we think about the laptop lifestyle that some of these fucking, Oh, the, some of these fucking influencers and marketers are selling. Like, you know, the reality is, is that that only works for what one percent of people. Like, because the, the, there's a there's still on the walls. Like, if you take someone who's highly educated who has an idea of how to run a business, and then implement some of these strategies with them, yeah, they're going to get success. But the problem is, is that these strategies are getting marketed to the bottom of the barrel, right? Mm -hmm. To the newbies, to the people that don't have the understanding, and all of a sudden, you just get sold you know, the they're getting sold the dream and, and that dream you can keep feeding the ego, but let's not fuck like, let's not fucking, let's not beat around the fucking bush here. Nobody who has 
no fucking knowledge, who has no idea how to run a successful, no, anybody who doesn't know what fucking a cash flow system is, is not going to fucking have success no matter how many leads, no, how many, no, no matter what you do with marketing with them. And it's like, there's, there's, this, there's this, this inability to sacrifice and put in the work, but then there's this absolute desire to have a lifestyle and to eat avocado on toast every fucking day and to, to fucking, you know, be able to, to, to travel and to be able to do all of this stuff. And like, it just doesn't fucking work that way. It's like, you know, if you want something, you got to sacrifice for it. It's like, you know, I often use Jordan shallow as a, as an example. It's like, Everybody wants, like, I'm telling you, like, everybody wants to be the fucking Jordan Shallow of the world. They want to travel the world. They want to fucking, you know, they want to present. They want to be an educator. Like, that's the fucking word right now. Everybody wants to be an educator. Everybody wants to run seminars. And it's like, yeah, great. Like, Jordan's spent fucking 10 years at college. Jordan also has sacrificed a lot that I'm not going to say on here, but there's a lot behind the scenes that I know he sacrificed to have that life. Right. And I'm mm. talking big fucking sacrifices because, you know, and this comes from the throwback last week where I, we, we, I was listening to, you know, I listened to that episode and, and it just re sparked this is that because, because everybody wants to be the educator, but, and, and the thing is, is Jordan hasn't had a fucking home for three years, like for two years, like he actually hasn't had a home. Like he's been living out of Airbnbs, traveling every single week, presenting at different countries around the world. Like, there's consequences to that. Like there is some fucking huge consequences to that. Like that's not a fun lifestyle. That is a, that's sacrifice. Like not having a home, not having an environment, having to fucking build a business that's built around traveling the world. Right. And, and I know that sounds fucking great, but there is so much sacrifice there. And that is exactly, that is exactly the problem here is that you've got, you've got people coming up in the industry, look and, due to social media, looking at someone like Jordan, even like, you know, there's some other examples like the, you know, Eugene and, 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 and a lot of these guys that are at the top of the industry and they're presenting and they're, they're, they really are the, the pinnacle of education in the industry, but they have sacrificed so much to, to actually, that is a sacrifice in itself, like with what they have done. And it's like, you know, th- there seems to be, an inability for people to recognize the sacrifice because when they reach the point in which they have to sacrifice, they never do, but then they rationalize why they don't. Well, right? They, they always, there's, there's this rationalization of why they don't do that. Why they, why, okay, it's okay for me to say no when I get this opportunity because fucking so-and-so said so, or because, you know, it's just not my time yet or, or this or that. And it's like, you know, just, just, if there's a message out of this initial start to this podcast, I want it to be that when you get opportunity in life, you got to fucking take them. Otherwise you got to, you got to enter, you got to exit the back door of business, like get the fuck out. Cause it's not here. Yeah. It's not, it's not here just to feed your ego. Like if you want to have success in business, you've got to be willing to fucking absolutely sacrifice everything for that business. You've got to go all the fucking way. Otherwise you're just not going to get to where you want. It's not as easy as just a one, two, three, click your fingers. And all of a sudden I'm presenting around the world with fucking 50 people showing up to every seminar. Like there's, there's a lot of sacrifice, hard work, blood, sweat, and tears that goes into these to the top of the industry, getting to where they are. And just because their social media paints a fucking pretty picture doesn't mean that that is the picture and that is the process to getting there. 
It's funny because look, most people, they look at these social media influences and these laptop lifestyles. They've got all the time in the world, right? The one thing they want is more time, but they're not willing to leverage their time to actually get fucking busy. They're not willing to put the work in and sacrifice their time, their lifestyle to get the lifestyle they want. It's like, it's such a complex, such a double negative. It, it makes no sense. And we're going to see this come out in, in length over the next few weeks, months, uh, whilst gyms reopen and businesses try to go back into it. And the one pathway to success is sacrifice and give your time, give your effort, build systems and people aren't going to want to do it. Well, true, true, true entrepreneurs and true business owners work for free. Right. And that's the truth because, and the reason is, is because the second you get used to a fucking paycheck, right. You seeking security your whole life. The second you get used to that, you never work for free. Like, you know, my, my, like, and when I say work for free, I don't mean that you don't earn money. What I mean is, is that the, the real work, and, and this is the truth, the real work is always done for free, right? And that means that, you know, the, the conversations, the fucking, the concept building, the creative thinking, the innovation, the systems, all yeah. that, all that shit is for free. You don't get paid a fucking dime for that. And unless you're willing to do that, and then that's what, that's the one thing that's come, come out from the back of this is that, you know, the amount of trainers that got down in the dumps because they're not earning money, it's like fucking good. Like use this as a lesson and not just trainers. Like there's, there's like, it's, it's any business owner, unless you're willing to work for free. And that is the sacrifice that you make in business is that the, and this is the, this is the key, right? Cause like, the more and more that my business becomes less, um, less uh, reliant on myself, the more and more I understand that all my work is for free. Yeah, like that's that's all my work is for free now. Like, and that's the goal. And then because when you when you get used to not getting fucking paid a paycheck, right? That's when you become a true entrepreneur and a true business owner. And that's the problem here is that we're dealing with an industry that is is so caught up in, in, in wanting recognition that they can't see that it's, it's that want for recognition that is actually their, their Achilles heel because what they end up being caught up in is a time for money trap and, and, a, time, and, and, a, and a business that is so reliant, right? So reliant on being, it's a self-employed business owner, right? Self-employed people, they, they try to carry the world by themselves and it's that world that, you know, when you've got the world on your back, right? And, you, and you're walking, the only thing that can happen is the world can crush you. That is the only thing that can happen. And and what ends up happening is it's over time when you're carrying that world, you get weaker. You get weaker. Your knees start to crumble, right? Your back starts to hurt. And 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 it's it's a it's a short lived game unless you can find this very thing that I call leverage. Well, I don't really call it. I didn't name it. Fucking, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. But it's it's what we call leverage, right? And. I want to talk about this because this podcast was going to be called the future of fitness business. Now I'm going to, I'm going to cross to you and I want to hear what you think the future of fitness business is because you're a brainiac. Um, and I, I want to kind of get an understanding of what you think the future is going to hold. I think the future of the fitness industry, this, this whole Corona thing has changed it. I think it's changed the direction of the fitness industry quite a lot. And it's, it's done a 180, right? We've, we've gone in a completely different direction because now one services have to improve, right? You've seen that uh, the virtual personal training side of things have come out left, right and center and um, the ability to quote unquote work from home, but still get one-to-one contact um, has been brought to this online space of coaching because of the one-on-one PTs that are so used to having one-on-one contact that 
look at an email a week and say that's not enough. So every online coach has now had to up their game, had to improve their service, which I think is a really good uh, justice for the fitness industry. However, I think that's pretty much where the positives end. I think that everyone's services that are still in business have to improve, but I feel like the future of the fitness industry is mostly in the educated. It is mostly in the people that can run a business. It is mostly in the people that can actually track the KPIs that actually keep their business in place because now people have had all the time in the world to actually understand what works, what doesn't. And they figured out that the general Instagram jump up and down and do all the, you know, the bullshit just doesn't cut it. Uh, and people are seeking a much higher quality service. People are seeking a much higher quality result. Uh, and I think that that's going to leave a lot of trainers in the dirt. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the thing that we got to realize is, is that what, what do we think? Everyone's just going to fucking, you know, like this is just going to go away. Like, I think that's mm. the, the, the thing in people's heads. And it's like, you know, the, this is, this leaves a scar on everybody. Like, you know, that's nobody's never, you're never going to forget this and, and you're never going to forget it because of the pain and suffering that it's caused you in one way, shape or another. Like, I'm not going to fucking lie. There was some times during COVID and I was like, fuck me. Like, cause you're just trapped in your house you know, you, 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 there's, you, you, you're lacking that connection. You know, I didn't get to see my mum for three months. Like she lives over two hours, like an hour and a half away. And it's like, there's just all these things there. And it's like, it causes you pain and suffering, but that is exactly what causes memories in your, in your head. Like you're never going to forget this. But the thing about it is, is that the fact that you never forget it is going to cause some problems for the future as well. Like there's consequences to this, like to think that, hundred percent of the world is just going to go back to norm and, and especially in any, any time soon, just going to pile back in um, to gyms and, and you know what people are going to get excited and the initial, the initial piling is going to be huge, but there's still going to be people um, and, and we're going to be forced to regulate things. And there's going to be people that are, I'm still walking down the street and like, there's people like there's anyone who's over the age of fucking 60 has a walking stick and he's using that as their 1.5 meter thing. Like I walked past a guy the other day in Brighton and he fucking stuck his walking stick out and he's like 1.5 meters. And I was like, Holy shit. And I was yeah. like, but he's like that, that's a, that's a prime example here is that people, are, this is in the back of people's minds. Like even me, like I went to the South Melbourne market a week ago. Um, I went on the weekend as well. And, and it's interesting to see, but I went to the market and there's just people fucking everywhere. There was no regulation around it. And it was mm -hmm. like, holy shit. Like this is, and for me, that was the point. I'm like, this is, this is people, people are selfish. Like, you know, somebody's own goal or, or, you know, agenda is more important than, than somebody else's, you know, in mine, you know, and that's how people think, but it's funny, you know, I went there yesterday and they, they actually had lines. They were regulating how many people could actually be within the, the space at any point in time. And I think that's an example of what we're going to see. We're going to see a continuation of regulatory responses, um, whether that's on an individual consciousness level where I'm making these own regulatory things for my own life um, or regulatory responses for my own life or whether the government actually does it for us. Um, that's what we're going to see moving forward, right? And, and to think that that's not going to happen and everything's just going to go back to normal is, is a load of shit, which means that people are going to be more scarce. Now, in, in the way they make decisions and, and the way where they attend and how they attend and times they attend, like it's just going to happen. It's, it's, it's going to be a natural occurrence. Now, the other side of this is the economy. Like, you know, the, the government's just fucking printed trillions of dollars. Like 
there's going to come a point where we as a, as as a as a society have to pay that back like let's not neglect that it's great that everybody getting is getting job keeper like fucking me too like you know it, like there's there's different things that our company you know has has been helped with um and it's just but to understand and to think that that comes at no cost is very silly mm. Right. Well, like if you think it, of it this way, man, if we just even relate that to the fitness industry, these regulatory responses, people are going to be in a position where they've done fitness at home because everyone, everyone stocked up on home fitness gear. You couldn't get it anywhere. They've done fitness at home, realized that maybe a personal trainer is more of a luxury than what they originally thought. Right. We've always been a luxury item, but now to the point that they've realized that oh, I can maybe do this at home. I can maybe do this. This is why the higher end trainer is going to send, stand out tenfold. Yeah. Well, I mean, and hundred percent, right. But it's even looking and, and we're going to amplify that thinking about this is that if we go into a recession and if we go into a depression, which I'm, um, I'm no expert in it, but you know, from what I'm reading, they, there's, they, this is what they think is going to happen from an economic standpoint. Right. Yeah. As I said, I, I'm not an expert in it, but if it does happen, what that means is, is that the, you know the government tightens up the fucking, it tightens everything up, and it means that you know what it means is, is that people are going to have less money um, naturally. So, so when people and and you got to understand is that this is not this is this is this is an instinct. This is this is emotion. You know, you're playing with people's emotions when you're taking when when money you know becomes scarce because especially in our industry, like you said, we're in luxury. Now, if we go into a recession, that fucking amplifies times tenfold, you know, more like that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. And it, what it means is, is that, that there's, there's a, it's, it's all bi-directional. It's like, well, if we become a luxury item, that means, you know, the, 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 the cream will rise to the top and, and it's going to become the, the uh, difference or the, the gap between, you know, if it wasn't already fucking huge where, you know, 80% of the industry had 20% of the clients and 20% of the industry had 80% of the clients, that's going to be fucking 90 and 10. Like the, 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 the people who are at the top of the game, you know, the people with the, the, um, the, the large followings and, and the, the even more important, it's not even about the following. It's about the leverage they create with their, with their products and service. You know, if you look at someone like a, um, you know, for instance, like a JP, um, you know, uh, a Eugene, um, um, a Joe Bennett, the, the hypertrophy coach, these guys who have these apps where they're charging $10 a month or something like, and, and they have every fucking right to, right? Like they, they've done the work. They're at the top of the industry, but how, you know, that's, that's where we're going to see a, a big difference. So the key here is as well, is that the, the key term that everybody needs, in my opinion, and the future of the industry and, and what everyone needs to start paying attention to is leverage. Now, for me, leverage can only actually be achieved when the defense in your business is set. Um, so it's defense first, but once you have defense and once you have all that set in stage um, and locked in, then that's when you can start to focus on the term leverage. Now, what leverage talks about is reducing the energy needed for a task. It's as simple as that because when you reduce the energy needed to actually um, to, you know, to complete a task, what you're seeing is, is that your potential actually goes through the roof. So with increased leverage, you get your greater potential and greater, um, yeah, well, greater potential for output actually goes up 
right? And that's what we're talking about with leverage. So think about like a seesaw, right? So as we change where the fulcrum sits, right? And if it moves closer to us, that means the other side of the seesaw has more leverage. We can get more output on the other side, right? So if so, and, and the easy one here is, is when we're talking about weight, right? If I'm here um, and let's say three of Reese um, is on the other side, then I have to change my point of leverage in order to be able to have that the enough output to make that to, to get the other side of the seesaw um, moving, right? So that is leverage from a scientific standpoint. But if we actually look at leverage from a, a business standpoint, I think that this is key. And this is, this is what people aren't grasping yet, um, but they need to, right? And, and, and leverage comes in all forms. So the first form of leverage is capital and labor, right? Which I think we're going like, we've, we've already started to move away from that. And as I said before, COVID has just accelerated everything, right? So previously gyms were open, they were great and it's like it, it works, right? And it's, and it's like big box gyms were even doing their thing. They were getting away with all the fucking bullshit that they fucking bring into the industry. <laughs> um, and then you've got the studios and the, the boutique gyms and, and all of these kind of things, right? But, and, and they are labor intensive. Their, their form of leverage is labor intensive. But what we've seen with COVID is that's been taken away from them and it's changed the perception right of the clients that that they serve right that the perception has been changed like it's and it, it it has to of because covid has now colored the lenses of everybody right so what i think is is that in 5 to 10 years time we we were going to see this be gone anyway we were going to see yeah. that this was going to deteriorate over time anyway right because it's just you know the, the hard part about having labor intensive leverage is that you're hiring people. Now we know that people are dynamic as fuck, like to get a team that actually works right. And, and, and actually functions properly is one of the hardest tasks in the world. It, it really is. So think about every time that you, you try to use um, staff as, as, and especially in big business, right? Like let's, let's talk business business for a second. And that's why I think it, it's, it's accelerated this, but in big business, you have to uh, think about how much staff say something like a, a good life would have, right. Or, mm. a, or, a, a, another big box gym, like a fitness first, that is a dynamic fucking situation. Right. And, and I guess yeah. that's why we see a deterioration in, in some, you know, like some, um, locations will do better than others right but if you actually look at you know how can we actually uh to to uh, gain leverage without actually having to bring on labor right the other thing is media right like that's why social media is so popular now because you can literally use that as the point of leverage and increasing your leverage right and that is a that's why everybody's obsessed with it but the problem is is it's a fucking you're a lot of the time you're chasing a phantom right and you're putting all your eggs in one basket right so so what we actually see is that like capital and labor right although they are still prominent forms of leverage i think what we're going to see is that there's going to be a bit of a change and what we're going to see is that the newest forms of leverage right which allow people to multiply their efforts without the need you know for more humans and labor like products and media right like softwares and um you know social media and podcasting like you want to talk about something that fucking was big that just happened joe rogan just signed a hundred million dollar deal with spotify you're using one of the biggest forms of leverage that everybody has right now, podcasting, right? Yeah. You, you can reach millions across the internet, right? And without having, like, that is, that is leverage 101. You can start a podcast 
reach millions across the internet and it's it's like a three-person team like you know i don't I, I don't highly doubt that joe has more but like you know it wouldn't be like a you know the the same form of leverage that we see um with something like um a good life or a fitness first where they've they've probably got like fucking six thousand staff yeah like or you know close to fucking five thousand staff it's like you know understanding leverage and how that works is you know again if we look at what um you know media and and a product does like you know uh for instance i'm going to use an example here but like you look at something like a you know like a i'm going to use eugene because honestly i think what he's done is really really impressive and he's a really really impressive individual but you know he's got gambaru method right and and that is a form of leverage right because it allows him to to hit millions and millions of people across the world right from a software it's a product right that is a form of leverage now i'm not saying that that's what you need to do but it's understanding that principle right it's understanding that it's what we're going to see is an uh, uh, we're going to see a it's accelerated now the projection of that form of leverage right because of the coloring of the lens that covid has you know that and the coloring of the the lens that covid has actually produced for every single individual on the fucking planet yep. like again you're not going to forget this so i think understanding leverage is the way of the future and i think it's 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 what we're going to see in the future of fitness because of the fact we've gone through this i think that the 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 consequences from a psychological standpoint that COVID has caused has again it's going to accelerate what was already happening in the world it's brought forward this and that means it's gonna you know the people who weren't practicing and and running a a kind of a solid stable business previously it's just accelerated how long it's taken you to unravel or how long it's taken you to see the fucking problems that you're in your business like and and then it's the same here it's like what was happening over time is that as we expand our scope of consciousness and you know the elon musk of the world you know are showing us how fucking how you know great the future can be is that what we see is the the brains of the world things like coding things like all of these things that um you know uh, are creating leverage without you need the need of um of uh fucking um labor then yeah without the need of labor what we're seeing is that you know these this is expanding and giving people points of leverage that you know previously weren't possible um, and, and it's just accelerated that because what it means is, is now that people are going to be second guessing whether what they should be doing in terms of, um, you know, going to gyms and these kind of things, like it's not going to be dramatic, like, it, like gyms are still going to be busy, but again, we're not sure what the future will hold. And for me, I think the future of fitness business is understanding leverage from that point, but it's also understanding that not everyone can have that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, everybody chases status and status is a form of leverage. But the problem is, is that it's a controlled form of leverage. It's controlled by the, the, the platforms that you use. Right. So it's like understanding that chasing, chasing status is a phantom. Yeah. Right? It's, it's always a phantom. It leaves you feeling inadequate unless you understand how status can be used to create leverage with things such as, um, you know, um, you know, products and media and, oh, and yeah, these kind yeah. of things. Yeah. So like, if, what would your, just to match a mirror, like obviously not everyone can have these kind of things, but what would your, I'd say three top leverage points for people to work towards over the next X amount of time in business, what do you reckon that would be the most important leverage points that people should have within their business or at least try to get? 
Well, I think the first one, you have to have knowledge. Like mm-hmm. the, 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 this is the thing that people aren't understanding is that, you know, there, there's like knowledge. If you actually look at the combination here, what we're looking at is that like it's the thing that people need is credibility, right? And that's what happens when we have like that's what knowledge creates. When you when you have there's a sweet spot, right? And it's when because knowledge without the knowledge you actually can't gain leverage, right? But with knowledge and 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 especially when you hit this sweet spot when you've got, you know, um, you've got a combination of all of those forms of leverage, right? Once you hit that sweet spot, that's when you can really start to compound growth. But it all starts from knowledge. Like knowledge is it colors the way we see the world, right? Like, you know, like I've learned a little bit about economics over the last year um, and and it literally changes the way I see the world. It changes how I make decisions. And that's the thing is that every time we learn something new, especially when we make mistakes, like mistakes is like, you want to know something like trauma is literally how we change and learn. It, it, it's, it's, it's through emotion. And this happens from within the brain when we experience certain emotions that helps us create memories, right? That's why, you know, when we, everybody's had it when they're reading a book and they're so fucking indulged in this book and they're loving it, right? It's because they're feeling an emotion. They understand that in this moment, this book is actually helping them grow as a person and they're actually con- contextualizing it with how they're growing right where we've read other books and we're like what the fuck is this like i sat down to read a book the other day and i was like i just can't do this like i i just it's not it's not it's not helping me self-actualize so knowledge it literally colors our lens every single day and it changes the way we see the world and it expands our scope of consciousness now when we understand that and we understand how it actually does expand our scope of consciousness. We understand that it's needed to have leverage because with knowledge, capital, um, status, all of these forms of leverage, what we actually see is that there's a credibility, right? But the thing, the precursor to credibility that everybody's missing is accountability, right? When you put your name to a certain thing, that, that fucking thing can either go really, really well, or it can be a massive fucking failure. And with that's what accountability is. Accountability is when I, when I'm putting something out into the world and that's what you have to do as a business owner, you have to put your results out there. You have to coach people. You have to take risks with a business. You have to, you know, you have to, you have to start chasing something, right? Like if I get online and I do a live, right? If I do a, a live and I do, you know, a video series or I put a product out there, or if I really start to grow my business, if, and, and I tie my name to that business, which is what accountability is, what ends up happening is, is that if I make a mistake, my fucking reputation goes down the drain, right? Now, if I, if like, that's, that's, that's what we're facing here. If I do something really well, I gain way more credibility, right? And that's the thing is that there's, there's accountability there that nobody's willing to take except they're, they're wanting the credibility without having to, to take the accountability. You know, like it's like people are wanting to, to grow a business without truly grasping and, and really taking control, right. And taking accountability for what it is they need. So a big part of that is like, you've got to fucking have the knowledge. Yeah. Like reading books is great. All of this stuff is great, but it doesn't mean anything until you apply it. Like it's like you can acquire the knowledge but you need to apply the knowledge and it's, it's knowledge with accountability that creates credibility. Right. And, and that's what we're looking for. So when you combine those two and you get the credibility, then people will start paying you for that. 
right? That's when that's that's honestly what what happens. But the problem is we've got knowledge accumulators because that's what they believe will bring them success. But they've got this fear, right, of actually taking the bulls by the horn and fucking committing to the long term process, right? Instant gratification is the problem. You need delayed gratification to have success in business because delayed gratification, right, is 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 a game of making mistakes. It's a game, you know, people are scared to make mistakes. Delayed gratification, he goes, well, I'm going to make these mistakes because I'm fucking here to stay. I'm in this game long term. So you need to have the knowledge. You need to have accountability and you need to be playing the long game, right, which gets you the credibility, right, which then increases your status and increases your capital at the same time. Now, I think labor is important. I think what you're trying to do at any point in time is have a small team that gets you maximum output. You're not just hiring people for the sake of it. You need to have a small team around you that is helping you expand. Now, if that's, think about what we said, if products and media are the key, then they're the people you need to have around you. You need to have people that can help you with media, that can help you and, and with software, and they can help you um, gain leverage through those two because they are the medium. That is how you actually fucking start to gain leverage in those sectors, right? Like, you know, and or you learn those skills yourself. Now, my advice is not to do that, but I think that's the way the world's going. And when you understand the, the concepts and the science behind leverage, right, and actually understand the science, you understand and you can start to see that in real time with your business, right? But the problem is, is that people don't, first of all, don't understand that concept of leverage and they don't understand what goes into it. And, and, and initially, what we just talked about is exactly what goes into it. And then, you know, understanding leverage gets you more output with the same amount of inputs. That's what we're talking about there. Less energy. You know, I always use the, the thing about Usain Bolt. What makes him the fastest man in the world? Well, it's, it's his, his, his 80% is everyone else's 100, right? Yeah. And that's what we're talking that's, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about leverage. So that's a, that's a biomechanical physics type thing where, you know, his, his levers are allowing him to get greater output for less energy used, right? And it's this, that's what we're trying to do in business. Now, the way we do that is through labor, capital, products, media, and status. Simple, right? Now, how, how we actually that's choose yeah. which one of those. How we choose which one of those um, is, is, again, based on where we think the industry is going. Now, guess what? We can sit here and we can talk like experts and say, yeah, fuck, we, this is where it's going to be. I've got no fucking idea where it's going to be. So guess what? I've got to take the risk to, and be willing to be wrong to have the liberating feeling of being fucking right. And that's what nobody's willing to do. Nobody's willing to take the risk and say, life's going to be like this in six months. And guess what? I've got the balls to stick it in here even if I'm wrong. And that's, that's the fucking thing. And like, that's, that's where I'm coming from. And that will even furthermore, you've got to put in a system to know when it's going right, when it's going wrong. So all of these pillars that we've just checked, we've just gone over the, the, um, the leverage points, you need to know if they're working for you. You need to know if they're actually going well, you need to track that shit. And that, that's where I think it's going to be the biggest gap for a lot of people coming out of Corona. No one tracks their, no one tracks their shit. They don't have a clue what's going on within their business. They just make decisions based on intuition and fucking goes nowhere. And then they don't know whether it's had a good return on investment or a bad one. And then they just keep doing the bad things. hundred percent. And, and it, this is exactly why I said at the start, you need to have a stable defense before you can actually 
you go on the offense. Like leverage is an offensive tactic, but you need to have defense, right? Because without great judgment, right, which we know is what create, like great judgment is defense. Like great judgment is, is what allows us to make better decisions and better decisions is leverage. Like that's what we're looking at here. So if, if you want to have leverage, you've got to have a great fucking defense because Again, judgment is is the key to a great defense. Now, if you're not tracking your shit, if you're not fucking, if you don't have a clear grasp and a clear picture of what it is that you're trying to achieve, right? I'm sorry, what it is that's going on within your business from cash flow, intelligence, you know, your KPIs, your metrics, your critical drivers, um, your branding, all of this stuff creates better judgment. But if, if you don't have great judgment, that's why taking risks is so hard, right? And that's why you, you know, that's because again, if I know I'm wrong, I can see it coming right? Because I'm tracking, but that's exactly why in order to have a a fucking great offense, you got to have a stable defense. And that's what nobody has. Nobody has that defense. That's why their offense fucking sucks, right? Because they don't have proficient judgment and right. Proficient judgment, you know, like think about it. If I'm holding my, if I'm holding myself accountable, right? Proficient judgment allows me to do so without, it's like, if I'm trying to if I'm holding myself accountable and holding, putting my name alongside the risks that I'm taking without a stable defense and good judgment, it's like playing fucking darts with a blindfold on. You're and that's into a like the, the bullseye is like, if I hit this bullseye, guess what? I'm going to be successful. Anything else, you're fucking falling off the cliff. And it's like, you know, that's, that's what, that's, that is exactly what happens to most businesses, right? They're, they're, they're like sitting on the edge of a cliff, playing fucking darts with a blindfold on and hoping to hit the bullseye, never fucking knowing even if they're close because they don't never get to take the blindfold off. And, and not, that not, blindfold and causes an overbearing stress, bro. right? That's the yeah. psychological stress. Furthermore, they don't even know if they do hit the blindfold. They don't know why the fuck they hit it, how they hit it, what technique they exactly. use. They don't know. They haven't got a fucking idea what they did right. Yeah. And learning from your mistakes is a really big part, but knowing what you did in the right moment as well, so you can recreate, replicate, and scale it, you need to be able to know. Like, if you don't know, you don't Optimizing, know. Optimizing, right? Exactly. It's optimization, right? And so I think, in, in I think short, this is where man, we're coming from is that, you know, this is why we teach yeah, exactly still on right. the walls. Yeah, this is why we teach still on the walls. It's like, because you can't, you can't actually have a great offense without the stable defense. And, and I think, um, you know, that stable defense is judgment. That's all it is. And judgment equals leverage. And leverage is the number one thing from an offensive perspective that you need to have in business. And, you know, COVID-19, the future of fitness business is leverage. And the reason it is leverage is because, like, we have no choice but to recognize that this was a fucking key event in the history of our lives. And that's going to be a memory because it caused us so much, so many mixed emotions. Um, And that means that, you know, when we have those emotions there, neuroscience tells us that that colors and it changes the way we experience the world in the future. Um, So to try and neglect that and to think that the world's going to go back to normal, you know, it's never going to go back to normal. And that doesn't mean that we're going to be stuck like this forever. But what it does mean is that the, the, the future has now changed forever, right? Because it has to, right? Because the new ways of innovation, the new, the new business ideas, the new things that are coming post, post COVID-19, you know, in two to three years time, that's what changes the world. If we look at the last recession and we look at the companies that come out of that orange theory, fitness, the fastest growing franchise in American history, faster than McDonald's came in 2010. That's when it was created. 
what's going to be the next one? What's going to be the thing beyond this? And it's going to come from the points of leverage that have been accelerated, right? And that's what we've got to pay attention to. In short, track your shit. Track your shit, get your defense sorted, and then you can start to focus on your offense. And when you do, make sure you understand the concept of leverage. If you don't, un- it's like anything. If you don't understand it or from a scientific standpoint and you don't understand how it applies to business, then you can't actually apply it with, 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 any, with any, any confidence whatsoever or any efficiency. Like it just won't be applied in the way you want it to. And you'll be mm-hmm. caught scratching your bum again going, where the fuck am I? What do I do? I'm confused. My motivation is not there. I quit. And then you'll come back in six months and do the same thing. Now, this has been a bit of a rant. Um, I needed this. <laughs> I fucking needed this. I'm telling you, I really did. I, I needed to kind of to let some steam off. But, I mean, the reason that we're telling you guys this is purely because we want you to develop and grow. Like, you know, we want you to make sure that you, you are the ones using this time um, and, and growing and, and coming out the other side better. Um, so, um, you got anything to add, Reese? Man, that sums it up. I think people need just need to be aware that going back into the gym, if you are a brick and mortar gym trainer, uh, you're going to be going back into a different environment. You're going to have to go back in ready to give your time, but also start to build leverage systems and understand what comes next. 100%. Um, and whew, as I said, I needed that a little bit. I need to, to let off some steam, but you know, as I said, this, this stuff is here to help you guys. Um, and, and you just need to make sure that you, you know, you're not just listening to this, but you're actually actioning it because acting in it and, and no matter, no matter whether it's, whether you make mistakes, whether it works, whether it doesn't, it is, it is literally in the mistake that you're going to get your greatest learnings. And I, I say this a lot is that you want to be the person making 52 mistakes a year because that's 52 opportunities to learn. Whereas the person who only makes one mistake per year, they're not learning. They're not growing. They're not adapting. They're failing, right? Because they're not, they're failing because they're not making, they're not making, they're not taking risks. They're not, they're not willing to make, make mistakes and, and that means that they don't actually grow at a greater rate the people at the top of the industry are the people who are willing to make mistake after mistake after mistake and stay in it and stay persistent um so we're going to wrap it up there and we'll leave that with you um really hope you enjoyed the episode it was good to kind of get back and riff with my, my boy reese and um hopefully um you know, we'll, we'll be able to do some more face-to-face stuff as well because um i miss it that's for sure yeah same just a different dynamic. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thanks for tuning in and um, we'll see you in the next episode. See ya. <laughs>